0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. Just to let you know, ABC News Daily is on a summer break. While we're away, we've been sharing some of our favourite episodes from 2022. We'll be back in your feed with a fresh new series of stories on January the 23rd. On Monday, three men embarked on a perilous journey to stop a catastrophe unfolding on Sydney's shoreline. On a tugboat in nine metre swells, they worked for hours to stop a cargo ship ploughing into a cliff, saving the lives of 21 crew members and averting an ecological disaster. Today we talk to those men about their extraordinary rescue mission.
1: My name's Brad Lucas, I currently work for Engaged Towage Sydney, Um, I'm the tug master on one of the vessels, primarily uh, the Fitzroy is my vessel, but um, on Monday I was a caretaker of the Diamantina.
0: I want you to take me back, Brad, to Monday morning, it's early, around, what, 8am, what are you doing, what's happening?
1: Yeah, the weather was terrible so the port was shut Mm -hmm. so it was one of those mornings where I thought I'm going to take it easy today and uh, yeah, relax, have a cup of coffee um, yeah, see what the news is doing, see what's going on and um, no sooner had I jumped out of bed and uh, the phone rang and uh, I saw VTS which is uh, the control port uh, phone centre for Sydney so I thought oh, here we go, something's going on here Um, and he called up and he he was very relaxed, actually. He just said, look, are you guys available by any chance? And I said, yeah, we're available, we're on call. And he goes, oh, we've got a vessel um, five miles down the coast. Uh, it's sent out a pan-pan. Mm. Um, it seems to be in trouble. It's lost its main engines. Um, is there any way you can assist? Uh, my first thing I said was, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm more than prepared. I've got an engineer. I've got a deckie on board. Yes, we can assist. I brought up uh, the ship on AIS and immediately I saw what was going on. It it had lost power and it was floating at reasonably fast pace, two and a half knots towards uh, the shoreline down in the national, down the Nasho there, down the coast. And it was about five to six miles away. And I'd sort of, in my head, I'd done the sum straight away and I went, this is, every minute counts here. Like, we're on, this is on.
0: Mm. So you can see, can you, that this ship... Is heading for the cliffs.
1: Yeah, the moment, yeah, I can see this ship was floating directly towards the coastline. Mm. So I knew then that this, this, you know, this ship was uh, it was going aground.
0: Mm. So you've told the vessel traffic services that you can help because you've got an engineer with you and you've got a deckhand. So you're pretty much right to go. So. What happens next?
1: Uh, my engineer and deckie, they were grabbing food. I changed. I was actually asleep on the Fitzroy, but the Fitzroy just isn't a seagoing tug. I had the Tina next to me. It's a much better seagoing tug. It's a bit longer and it's just much more stable. So we quickly jumped onto the Tina. So while I was getting ready, I got the phone call. Um, you guys are on. You guys are on. At that stage, my deckhand gets extremely seasick. And he looked mm. at me with a white face and just goes, I can't go out in that. I knew I had a deckhand, lived 10 minutes up the road.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: gave him a ring and he was down here, like within 15 minutes he was on the tug ready to go.
0: Mm, you start to head out there. So just describe that.
1: It's going to be rough. So I'm telling the deckhand, check the decks, get everything tied down, go, go, go. So I'm stuck between the parameters. I've got to get down there as fast as I can, but I've also got to get my tug secure for sea, And... We just didn't have time. We were, I wasn't even halfway out the heads before I started hitting probably a metre to two metres of swell. Mm. In my mind, I knew that this is an actual rescue mission, so we got to prioritise here. Now, let's just put this tug all steam ahead and get down there as fast as I can.
0: Mm. And once you're out of, out of the heads and you're in the ocean, I mean, how big are the swells then? And just kind of try and paint the picture for me what this tug is doing at this time (laughs) up and down these swells
1: yeah so i had the thing full stick and i sort of i assumed once i got out of the heads and i headed straight into it funnily enough the tug actually buried itself so each wave would just ride straight over the top of my bow all the way down over my winch and just flood so the whole foredeck of the tug would go through the wave down back through the back of the tug. So it was, it actually, I had the swell right on the right angle that I was able to just pierce through the waves and hold speed at about 10 knots.
0: And at this point, you might not know, but I suppose your bosses and the vessel traffic services know that there's 21 people on board this ship and it's full of fuel oil. So it poses a huge risk if it smashes into that cliff. When do you see the ship? How long does it take you to get to that point?
1: I couldn't see anything because of the rain. Mm -hmm. All I had was a chart plotter, which was an iPad that has a diagram of the sea map. Um, It has a little picture of my boat with its direction. It has a little picture of the Portland Bay and I just drive straight for the Portland Bay and I can see the coastline. I didn't see the ship until I was about 200 metres away from it. Yes, Captain, this is the Master of the Diamond Town. We are proceeding on route to your position. We are using all available speeds to reach you. We will render assistance on arrival.
2: I'm uh, Marius Fenger. I'm a marine engineer for Engage Marine.
0: Marius, we've heard from Brad about how difficult it was to make the way out to that ship, to actually get to the ship in the first place. Yes. Now, you've got there. It's difficult to see it, but what's happening in that moment? What do you do next?
2: Well, in that moment, I mean, obviously, we can, we're very conscious that the shoreline is, is there. Um, probably the scariest thing for us was the fact that the vessel was moving com- quite differently to us because of its size and weight. We'd been given some advice to um, try to uh, press against the vessel, to push the vessel away into the weather to the point where we were impacting the vessel and the vessel was rolling back towards mm. us and uh, impacting us. It was, um, you know, probably the scariest moment, but um, we were trying to buy time till the uh, cavalry in the shape of um, the, um, the crew of the Martinique would arrive and, um, and you know, uh, be able to, to to save the day.
0: Mm. So there's two other by this time two other tugboats are on their way the martinique as you mentioned and and another one yes yes but it sounds like you you're in this battle with this ship you're being pushed around back and forth and you're just basically trying to stop it from getting any closer to that cliff face yeah it sounds incredibly scary but not only that you were injured weren't you
2: well, uh, yes. Yeah, so during that during that process, we um, that was that was when we finally decided that this wasn't working. And I think when, when we'd got the vessel, it was almost side on, and um, we were impacting the vessel extremely hard. And I think the last impact was particularly hard. Uh, you know, engine room alarms are going off. You know, uh, we're hanging hanging on for dear life, and that's when I yeah you know, struck my knee. So. But the, I think the, the thing at the time, I think, you know, the, the overriding thing was that, that we were very conscious that there's 20, 21 people aboard, there's, uh, the cliffs are behind us and, um, you know, there's all this fuel and we've just got to do everything we can to keep that vessel off and it, off the uh, shoreline. And um, So it was a matter of if that didn't work, we would then, you know, we had to change tack and that's what we did at that stage. We had to then get the vessel as close as possible to to pick up a messenger line and so that's, that was our aim. Um, but, of course, they would throw the line, the wind would blow the line away. Uh, we weren't close enough or we'd get, we would get close enough, get the line connected and then snap the line uh, because we were, we were thrown away from the vessel. So there were lots of sort of combinations of things that took place that um, made it extremely difficult.
0: Mm. And how long did this process go on for before those two tugs arrived to help you? the Martinique and the Bolara 4 hours
2: 4 hours <laughs> 4 hours yes
3: Alexander also and I'm a I was deckhand on the SL Diamantina we were basically waiting for the Martinique
0: yeah so you've been out there for 4 hours mm. uh, just trying to keep this ship off the cliffs there Tell me about the moment when you see that other tugboat, the Martinique, turn up. What did you think?
3: It was definitely a sight for sore eyes, you know. At that, at that moment, we knew, okay, well, we've actually, we're, we're starting to win, you know. We, we're we're going to get this thing out of here and it's everyone, everyone's going to be fine. Because at the end of the day, the safety of life at sea is the most important thing. So that was really what we were all very worried about. So we knew when the Martinique arrived, okay, we've actually got a fighting chance,
0: so. Mm. And when the Martinique arrived, you did manage, with the help from others, to, to to tow that ship away from those cliffs to stabilise the situation.
3: That's correct. Yes, we did. you have the vessel Portland Bay. Vessel Portland Bay under tow. Really, it was. Yeah, it was a very bad situation. Like I've never seen swell and conditions that bad and even when i have seen things come close to it it's never been out on deck working in those conditions you kind of tuck yourself in bed mm. you pretend it's all a bad dream and you wake up the next morning hopefully it's done but i was out there in essentially no man's land trying to get a line up to the ship trying to trying to do something waves coming over the bow you know mm. it was yeah definitely definitely a, a living nightmare
0: when you when you got back to land and you saw those images of that ship being towed back into the port in Sydney, how did you feel when you saw that? Oh, I
3: was definitely a sigh of relief. Mm. I just I was like, "Oh, it's finally over." Yeah, so we finally we've won. So, yeah, at times when it looked very uncertain as to what the future would be, it's it's nah, it's it's great. It's really great. Yeah.
0: Well, you you're being um, labelled a hero. <laughs> you
3: are though, aren't you? Oh yeah, I. I, I <laughs> oh, it's just another day for me, really. I mean, certain situations there you can't really train for, you know. You just, you have to go off instinct and you can never, ever really prepare for a situation like that. You've just got to, you know, have your wits about you and get the job done as safely as you can.
0: Do you feel like a hero?
2: Oh, no, I, I, I don't know we feel like a hero. I mean, we were just so uh, focused on you, this must not get to the beach. This must mm. not happen, you know.
0: You saved those people on that ship and you also stopped an ecological disaster.
1: Yes, oh, well, it's extremely humbling and slightly embarrassing. It's, it's not just me, it's the whole, you know, there's a massive team behind me. Uh, everyone's, you know, without the help of everyone. It's, it's one of those few scenarios, it really is, where everything just came together, and everyone done their job and if one, one thing went wrong, it could have ended up in disaster.
0: Brad Lucas, Marius Finger and Alex Alsop work for Engaged Towage. This episode was produced and mixed by Chris Dengate. Additional production by Sydney Pede. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. Over the weekend, catch This Week with David Lipson. He'll be looking at the fallout from this week's flooding in New South Wales and the rollout of the fourth COVID shot for the over-30s. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.